If it's news to you, it's important to him. This is The Big Five with Elias Makos from Montreal's News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Oh, back at it. I don't know what you feel about Mondays, but whatever your thoughts are on the first uh, work day of the week, welcome to The Big Five on The Elias Makos Show. I am Elias Makos. Here's what we've got in store today. We'll ask the question, where oh where is Montreal's police chief? Plus... Five provinces gang up against the Prime Minister. Just a couple of the topics that we have in store for this morning. Before we do that, i got one shout-out to give. Let's give a shout-out to Aaron Rand, CJAD800's own Aaron Rand, and his lovely, lovely bride, Val, for tying the knot over the weekend. Happy marriage, Aaron, and uh, congratulations to you both. Joining us on The Big Five this morning, two splendid gents, Andrew Cadell is with us. He's a town councillor in Kamaraska, and he's a columnist for the Hill Times in Ottawa, among the other many things he does. Hi, Andrew. Good morning. Good morning to you. David Hurtel is with us. Oh, and he's wearing a Montreal Alouette's cap. I imagine Pierre Carl Pelado gave that to you directly. Uh, <laughs> of course, you know him as a former Quebec Liberal <laughs> cabinet minister and council at Faskin, uh, also a uh, host here at times at CJD. Hi, David. Good morning. So, uh, tell me about the go cap. Else go, David. Yeah, who gave you the go cap? Else go. Uh, was that in your closet already? What's the deal, David? Yeah, yeah. No, no. This and and by the way, since we're at radio, this is actually the 1970s logo. Yes. I'm wearing the old school Delta logo of yeah. the Alouettes. Those great teams that won two great cups during the 70s. And so uh, I am. Uh, no, I've been wearing this all season. Let for me, the record, let me just paint the full picture. I, I think it was three, actually, if you count 1970. Oh, I was it, there in 1970. Yes, of course you were, Andrew. I wasn't born. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also want to fill in. Let me paint. Let me paint the picture here because David, because we, you know we do this over Zoom now in the mornings, and uh, David's wearing the headset, so he could be on the sidelines calling the plays. I mean, that's what it looks I'm like. I'm broadcasting. I'm I'm there. I'm in Hamilton right now. <laughs> all right, we're all set for the we're all set for the Grey Cup, and and uh, kudos to the Alouettes for making it there. Okay, guys, let's get to the serious topics of uh, the week and of this morning. So, Federation CJA and the Center for Israel and Jewish. Affairs calling for the government to hire off-duty officers to guard uh, Jewish schools and synagogues. Now, Yeshiva Gadola in Montreal was targeted by gunfire once again on Sunday. This is the second attack on the Jewish Day School in four days. Have a listen to the mayor of Montreal, Valerie Plante. Again, I mean, you know, even in the entire debate, well, or not debate, but the, the entire conflict, I'm kind of trying to stay away from definition. I think my role as mayor of Montreal is to make sure that everybody uh, feels safe in this in this in this society, and I, I want people that the more moderated voice. I, I would like them to be heard more because this is the, the big majority of Montrealers. I, I did say in my, my, my statement that the Jewish community in Montreal is under attack right now. There's twice there was, you know, there was a attack. There was a, a coup de feu uh, for the for the school. I'm sorry, um, but for sure, I mean, it's it's absolutely preoccupying, and we need to do everything that is needed. And as Mayor of Montreal, working with the SPVM, we want to secure everybody and make sure that there's enough security around around the establishments as well as well. 
So the mayor there was asked, is this a terrorist attack? And she refused to use that word terrorist. That explains how she uh, led off of that uh, clip. Now, along with that, a restaurant with, a, with, with one pro-Israel post was hit by bullets as well over the weekend. Uh, Jewish-owned businesses ended up on a list circulating on social media, and they have seen a window smashed or have been targeted uh, with threats. Now, despite all this, Police Chief Fadi Daguerre is nowhere to be found. I don't know if either of you have some information on where the police chief is right now. And Montreal's commissioner for the fight against racism, Boshra Manai, has pretty much remained silent over the last month, uh, although she has been very active on her private Instagram account supporting Gaza. She finally made a generic statement on Friday, but she added that dealing with the public on subjects like this, not really a her job. So let's talk about the failure of leadership here. If, if there has been a failure of leadership, I, I, I want to point out the mayor was there on site and she did have, although she she uh, uh, passed the buck on the terrorism question, uh, she did have some pretty strong words to say. So let's talk about this. Has there been a failure of leadership? Are we doing enough to ensure safety of children? Uh, David, you start off. Well, I mean, you're raising, I think, very important questions. Uh, the mayor did concede that one of her fundamental jobs as mayor of Montreal is to ensure safety. That's what a government needs to do. These are the basic functions of government. And right now, a large part of our community here in Montreal does not feel safe. And she said, quote, the Jewish community is under attack. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's productive here to get into semantics, terrorism or not. I think it is. But she did say an important community here in Montreal is under attack. And so uh, we have uh, uh, the Minister for Public Security of Canada, Dominique LeBlanc, who actually made the rounds on Sun on Friday. Came on CJD, I interviewed him. I mean, he went, he was all over the French media saying, look, RCMP CSIS is there. It's a local matter, but we're there. We're going to assist. François Bernardel, Premier Legault, François Bernardel, who is our Quebec public security minister, comes out saying, okay, emergency meeting on Friday, SPVM SQ, we're there, we're doing this. And Fadi Daguerre, who since he's been named chief of police, you know it, Elias, has not missed one single opportunity to be in front of a microphone mm -hmm. or a camera. I mean, uh, he has his own PR service at the police uh, service, it seems. And uh, the I've made some calls. The best we can get at is he's maybe on vacation. And so and. But if there was a time to cancel your vacation, if he is on vacation and come in and send a message, this is more important than my vacation, this would be it. Bushram and I is another case together. You, you mentioned her Instagram account. I'm on her Facebook account. Mm. This let's remind. I think this is worth reminding. OK, her full title is commissioner for the fight against racism and uh, and against systemic discrimination the mayor of montreal her boss said there's an attack on the jewish community and her posts on facebook elias the last one nine hours ago mm -hmm. on her facebook page saying that she's equating what's going on to gaza in gaza to the genocide in rwanda mm -hmm. read it mm -hmm. this is fact this is a city of montreal employee with a six-figure-a-year salary, 
Her job is to fight against racism and systemic discrimination. And we have the mayor of Montreal saying, oh, I don't want to get into labels. I don't want to get into, we. this is a difficult debate. You have the head of fighting against racism in Montreal putting gasoline on the fire. And you look throughout her page since November 7th, uh, since October 7th, mm -hmm. rather, this is all about ceasefires and taking a very strong position. As a private citizen, she's totally allowed to do this. As commissioner in the mm -hmm. fight against racism? Really? Yeah. So uh, uh, that's why I brought it up, David. <laughs> you know, there's there's a reason why I brought it up because I, when I when, and somebody sent me screenshots and it should be brought up. Uh, somebody sent me screenshots of her Instagram uh, account, and I said, "My goodness!" So the, the is the Facebook open? By the way, that's an open <clears throat> Facebook. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm I'm. She hasn't blocked me. I'm uh -huh. I'm I'm friends with her. Yeah. Uh, on Facebook, I'm a friend. I'm friends with a lot of people I disagree yeah, with. Yeah, that's how I I do things. No, uh, but that's how I do things. Yeah. But I mean, the the I'm on her page. I don't know if it's open to the public, but I'm reading directly from her Facebook page this morning. Uh, Andrew, let's uh, get into this. And by the way, I want to point one thing out. Um, so I've been told as well. I just haven't been able to confirm it. Uh, but David, based on what you just told us, we can start adding stuff together. That police chief Adi Daguerre is on vacation. An extended vacation. I, I haven't yet got it confirmed. I, that's what I've so, heard. So that's it. And, and and this is someone that says this is what's happening. Um, and it's an extended vacation, and they have not deemed it necessary to call to cut their vacation short, despite what's happened in mm. the city. Andrew, give us your thoughts. Well, first of all, there is obviously a second in command who takes over. So that person should be uh, front and center. Uh, but it, uh, the, there's an old saying that terrorism is public relations by other means. The purpose of, of, of what you're trying to do is terrify people and, and convince them that they could be in danger by attacking a small number of people. And this is exactly what this is. By shooting, you know, cowardly in the middle of the night, uh, shooting it at schools and synagogues, the purpose of this is to terrify the community, to terrify parents and children. And, and uh, it's... Uh, it, 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 we need, you know, full protection, proper intelligence. I'm glad to hear that Dominic LeBlanc is, is getting CSIS and the RCMP involved. But uh, what I really worry about is that the extremists are going, like Adil Sharkawi, are going to influence people who have serious mental health issues and who are going to take this up as if it is acceptable behavior. And, and, and there won't be just shots in the middle of the night. There could be attacks on individuals. And, and then we're getting into the realm of, of genuine tragedy. Mm -hmm. As it is, people are afraid. And in a society like us, like our, ours, in Canada, in Quebec, this should not be happening. The stories making waves in Montreal. The Big Five with Elias Makos from News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. All right, we are back here on The Big Five this morning. On with us, Andrew Cadell. He's president of the Task Force on Linguistic Policy. And David Rotella is a counsel of Askin and political analyst extraordinaire here at CJAD 800. Okay, uh, let's continue this. Uh, I, want, I want you to hear one other uh, uh, piece from the mayor who was speaking yesterday. Uh, and she was talking about the right to protest. Because yesterday, uh, 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 there was another pro-Palestinian protest. It drew thousands of people downtown. The demonstration and march uh, was, uh, quote-unquote, peaceful. Uh, the police reported there had been no incidents as of 9 p.m. I do need to point this out, though, um, that organizers warned demonstrators before the march not to engage 
with Zionists along the protest route. Okay, so I, I you know, so it, it was peaceful, but I think something has to be said when you've got to tell people don't to not engage with quote unquote Zionists. And I think we all know what that word is being used for. It's used to say Jews. Um, so I have to I have to point that out. But they went along Dorchester Square, marched down St. Catherine Street, calling for the immediate ceasefire in the Israel Hamas war. Here's Mayor Valerie Plant on uh, people's right to protest. But we also know that often there might be people that have that uses times like this to be together, to show solidarity and to talk about the complexity of it to bring hatred messages. And those ones are the problem. And again, it's not me saying that I cannot just decide, like, let's not having have protests anymore. It is being protected by the charter in Quebec and in Canada. So that's how it works. But I, I, I definitely want to condemn people that are protesting using a walk for peace, for example, and bring those messages, and, and, and we've heard them, and I, hear, I know what they are. But I also know that a lot of people are walking whatever sides asking for peace, and this is what, this is a stronger voice, I would say, for Montrealers. We want peace. Uh, Andrew, uh, it's, you know, it's over a month later now. Are these protests, these continues, continued protests, helping the situation? I don't think they really help in th that much. I mean, they're they they are part of a narrative that is being encouraged by Iran and Hamas and uh, uh, people who would like to see the destruction of Israel. And um, it's it's not rocket science. You've got international communications. There's a significant funding that can go to these groups, and so. You know, they're, they're kind of uh, willing dupes in many ways, uh, calling for peace, calling for a ceasefire <clears throat> when there's uh, over 200 hostages, uh, Israeli hostages in in uh, uh, somewhere in Gaza. Uh, you know, this is an international um, matter that we have a diaspora community, we have significant diaspora communities that are affected. And... Um, and it's 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 complicated, but I think that uh, when you look at the bigger picture, uh, all those fairly, um, if not naive, at least um, uh, uh, the peaceful protests of, of those people, they they don't really help the situation in what's in, in any way. And I saw a, a film of of a demonstration in London in which people were saying, uh, "Kill the Jews," uh, making all kinds of uh, outrageous statements. And the Metropolitan Police in, in London is actually out to, to, to find some of these people. Yeah, and uh, let me just point this out. If you want to compare uh, Montreal with what's happening in other cities, I think we do need to point out that, the pro especially this weekend, the message was passed uh, in light of what happened the previous weekend with, Ad with Adil Sharkawi. The message was clearly passed, knock it off with the overt anti-Semitism. It was because what we saw yesterday was much more peaceful than we'd seen in previous weeks. Uh, David Hurtel, what do you say? Well, uh, again, starting with the mayor's comments, um, the right to protest is not absolute, just like the right to free speech is not absolute. Uh, we we found we all remember the Printemps uh, Arabes, the Maple Spring, where there were laws, and they are valid laws and regulations that say if you want to protest, you have to do it in an orderly way. Same thing with speech. Hate speech is not legal. 
Charter of Rights or not. There are reasonable limits to all individual rights. And so this has to be the measuring stick for everything that is going on here in Montreal. And so uh, when we're talking about symbolism, well, after everything that's been going on, we've seen it. Well, you, you talked about London. Let's talk about Paris. Over 100,000 French came yep. out yep. to say no yes. to yep. hate speech, yep. no yep. to anti-Semitism, no to proposing that this is a genocide. And and so that's when you talk about leadership, Elias, I really think that what, if, what I would have done and I think what should be done is Mayor Plant have uh, the, 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 the team from uh, Ensemble Montréal come out, have François Legault, have Marc Tanguay, have Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois, have Éric Duhem, have the federal leaders, everybody walk everybody. out in daylight in mm -hmm. Montreal, in Côte d'Ange, in front of those schools and say, enough. This is not what we are. This is not what we will tolerate. These are the next steps. The police has to be there, yes, but we also have to say together, Jewish leaders, and there have been Muslim leaders in Montreal that have come out and said, no, this is wrong. You bring the community out to say collectively, no. That's how you lead. Yeah, and I think the questions that have to be asked here is, Politically, who's motivated because of voting bases not to do what you just advocated for? Okay, I want to move it along here. Let's get to some other stories this morning. First things first, let's talk about former punk rock MNA, Catherine <laughs> Dorian. Remember from Quebec Solidaire? She's the one that couldn't even be bothered to wear proper attire to the National Assembly. Uh, she, she left politics, and she's just published a book about her time with Quebec Solidaire and in the National Assembly. She comes out swinging against current main spokesperson Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois. The book has left such a bad taste in some people's mouths. They've gone to Twitter to attack the book and its author. Um, David, I'll start with you on this one because you've written a book about your time in politics. <laughs> and, but, and, and I don't think it got the backlash this one did. What do you think? Did Catherine Dorian, no. she's a punk rocker, but was this in poor taste? Well, it, it seems that, look, I, I haven't read the book, and uh, here's a news flash. I don't intend to. Uh, but uh, the idea here is that what's what's very interesting out of all this controversy is that she's she's really just hitting everybody. I mean, she's going after Gabrielle Nadeau-Dubois, the media, everything, and she's making the rounds. Uh, but in terms of impact during her four years in office, she had very little impact. I mean, people will remember her for basically wearing uh, uh, sweatpants and sweatshirts in the National Assembly. And uh, when she was new, uh, she she didn't mind all the media attention because she loved it. And she was a she was a media darling for a mm -hmm. while. We forget because she was so outspoken, because she said what, what was in her mind. And and a lot of people said, OK, she maybe uh, has a future in Quebec politics, but she goes after Manon Massé. Yeah. who is basically untouchable and is considered a legend right now in Quebec Solidaire circles. So she hits everybody. But what, uh, what I did find interesting in the reaction is, and if you have time to read it, there is one of her former staffers. Yes. Uh, L.P. Boulian. I'm not sure if it's Louis-Philippe or Louis-Paul or Le, whatever, yeah, but it's L.P. Yeah. Boulian. Louis Boulian. 
he re- he wrote a very very long uh, X or tweet, whatever you want to call it, uh, and very very long. And he expresses just his sadness uh, about seeing this person uh, just step over the volunteers, her staff. Uh, and and she, he ends very, very eloquently saying, you know, when people people with, like Madame Massi and people like me, when they talk about their experience in politics, they talk about the others. They talk about the contribution of the teams and the people they work with, and they're filled with gratitude. Mm-hmm. And Catherine Dorian, it's all about her. Uh, uh, Andrew, I, I, you know, from the non-politics perspective, not being in politics, I just love seeing internal stuff like this <laughs> blow up. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, well, in the article that uh, was published uh, today, the journal, it, uh, she talks about how she has a tendency to upstage, to use that expression, um, in in uh, as a as a French word, which odd. Anyway, and you know, I've I've been in some amateur theater, and the worst thing is when somebody tries to upstage you. And uh, politics is a team game. And as, as uh, David says, you know, it's like the running back who thanks his linemen. You know, you, you, you always thank your staff. You, you know, if you haven't been a staffer and having been a candidate, man, oh, man. Mm-hmm. It's so important to have good people around you. And to not recognize that, I just think it shows sort of her uh, uh, sort of uh, lack of temerity, let's say. And, um, you know, some people aren't suited to politics and so she went into politics. She was in for a cup of coffee. She gets a book deal out of it. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd say this this uh, ranks uh, yeah. in, uh, in this reeks of opportunism. If, if I may, Elias, yeah. I, I think what's really interesting here is is the fact that this shows yet again, and this is one of the many episodes that we've been seeing over the past few months, the cracks in these left yes. Part, yes. these yes. leftist political parties yes. that cannot get over that hump and become a true political party mm-hmm. bringing people together the infighting the 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 shooting themselves in their own foot Gabriel Nadeau-Dubois is in real trouble within this party right now it doesn't show because the media has been very complacent but if, if this were another party if they were the liberals for example we'd be saying oh uh, there's war, internal strife so there's something going on here yeah. within the Quebec Solidaire yep. ranks that is very, very telling about the left movement the point, here in Canada. The point very telling, whether it's the Ontario NDB or the federal Green Party or Quebec Solidaire, the more extreme left you get, the more they eat themselves alive with petty bickering. And I think people need to start asking questions about why that always seems to be the case. The stories making waves in Montreal. The Big Five with Elias Makos from News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. All right, continuing our Big Five with Andrew Goodell and David Hertel this morning. Let's move it along here to healthcare. Let's talk about Santé Quebec, uh, the impending behemoth that will be formed under the Bill 15 uh, health reform. Couple of items to deal with. First things first, Christian Dubé saying patients won't have a seat on the uh, board of directors. Of course, Christian Dubé. Bay has been touting uh, the benefits to patients of his massive reform uh, bill. Um, as well, there are questions over access to English services once Bill 15 is in place. Andrew, I'll start with you on that. So, and I should point this out. Andrew is now wearing a Montreal Alouette's cap. He is he has joined David <laughs> and Matt, gone to the closet to get one out there. So, Andrew, Andrew, just on Bill 15, if you could tackle, do you have these concerns about English health services under Bill 15? 
Well, well, first of all, you know, one of the great lies is uh, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. Um, and, and, you know, Christian Dupé <laughs> is apparently a very capable minister. But but I, I think that the, there's, it's all about the centralizing tendency of the CAC, uh, some of which may have to be because uh, may do with the fact that demographics in Quebec aren't good and uh, health is going to cost a fortune. It's also because the CAC uh, wants to have all control in Quebec City pretty well. As for uh, English services, and it's interesting, I'm on the CUSS uh, for English services in the Lower St. Lawrence. And, uh, you know, down there, there's not a lot of people who are speaking English or who provide services in English. So you get it sort of catch as catch can. But uh, given that in the Charter of the French language, and remember, the Charter now takes precedence over the Charter of Rights. There's sections in the Charter of Rights that, that are, are now changed so that the Charter of the French language takes precedence. So I would imagine that uh, under under Bill 15, that the Charter of the French Language will take precedence and we'll be in uh, serious trouble in terms of the services uh, right across the province, but but mostly in areas where there are not a, a high concentration of Anglophones. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's not like those areas had, the, as you point out, had the greatest access to English healthcare uh, to begin with. D- David, uh, role of patience here, Sante Quebec, uh, your thoughts on uh, the lack of a seat at the table here on the board? Well, I mean, the the government was very clear. Uh, they're going to change the way healthcare is going to be managed, and they're not going to to budge on that. So, uh, our patient groups uh, denied here uh, that this denial of representation a big deal. Yes, but what can I say? The the bill is at a committee. It's done. This is this is a done deal. This uh-huh. is going to pass. And and the patients uh, organizations, people like Paul Brunet are going to have to be on the sidelines are going to have to get involved through each establishment. But ultimately, these are uh, people that are going to be in Quebec City in cubicles, making all the decisions for everybody else, having being directly uh, told what to do by the political uh, sphere. And that's it. That's all. Just a little element. I mean. Dubé did let go on uh, what the former premiers were asking about. This got little, but he did accept an amendment to give the the establishments like the the Cardiology Institute mm-hmm. or or uh, the MUHC, uh, not the MUHC, but the McGill Center and yeah. and the Shim get get all of these uh, more autonomy. And also uh, Andre Fortin, who is the liberal critic for healthcare, proposed an amendment saying, well. Shouldn't we get elected officials from the regions, uh, the MRC, Municipality Regional de Comté, and and Andrew will enjoy this. <laughs> and he proposed an amendment, and it was defeated. And what was very interesting is during the vote, Andre Fortin asked for a vote, as is his right to do. The five MNAs who were there with Dubé, there's one from Abitibi Temiskaming who abstained. Oh, yeah. And and that is very telling. There's something going on within this caucus. I mean, yeah. since Quebec City and Jean Talon and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But I'm just telling you, th- not, they're even within the ranks not in terms everyone. of the regions. Not everyone is aligned with this massive yeah. centralization yeah. move by the CQ. <laughs> and, and we shall see how it turns out, because obviously the status quo wasn't working either. OK, we have to leave it there on healthcare. Let's finish up with this. The premiers of Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, five provinces. That's half of the Federation, folks, are calling on Prime Minister Trudeau to meet with them to discuss their request for carbon price exemptions, not just on home heating oil, but all forms of home heating. 
How big of a deal is the carbon tax with Canadian voters? How much of it is it to blame for the Liberals' current woes? What happens here with the carbon tax? This is our last topic. Each of you get around 30 seconds. Andrew, you first. Uh, well, they're all five. All five are conservative uh, premiers. Uh, all five have, uh, uh, well, aside from Nova Scotia, of course, uh, natural gas is a very major uh, uh, source of heating in those places, and natural gas is not included. It's very much a contributor to the carbon tax. Is a contributor to inflation. Uh, one of the, it's a deliberate attempt to make people consume less. But it's kind of hard not to heat your home uh, in the winter in Canada. So um, uh, the input costs of of uh, home heating and to business heating and to contribute to uh, the the higher cost of living. And so uh, it's normal that they would call for a meeting. But yeah, you know the. Prime Minister seems to forget that the election in uh, 2011, I think it was, uh, or actually 2008, was fought on the green shift, and the green shift was not that popular. And I think that uh, you know they've got a loser here, and the Liberals know that, but they won't back off because, of course, the environment and minister will resign if they do. Well, yeah, and he's going to have to be forced to climb yet another building. Uh, David Hertel, uh, <laughs> you, you get the last word. Wrap us up to go. <laughs> well, uh there are three provinces in there that are really key for Justin Trudeau's uh, chances in 2025. It's Ontario, and at a lesser degree, but still very important, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Liberals are there because of their seats in Ontario and the seats in Atlantic Canada. So uh, I, 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 if I were Justin Trudeau, I'd be very, very worried because the polling is clear. We're seeing it. Climate change is not a major issue for this electorate. It's just not. Uh, Stephen Gilbo is going to go back to Greenpeace. It's just going to happen. He's he's going to be on those little rafts going after the whales at at one point. Okay, we have to leave it there. David Hertel and Andrew Cadell. Hey, that rhymes. Hertel and Cadell on with us uh, this morning. Uh, Go Alouettes, fellas, and thanks for coming on. Catch the Big Five weekday mornings at 9.05. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 in Montreal.